Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, second week in a row, I am... That's right, folks. I'm all by myself again. Tyler left me to do this all alone once again up on his little, his, his quote-unquote work trip. But it's, it's really vacation. Let's just put it, put it how it is. I mean, he's up in Traverse City having himself a beer and having himself a good time. So he won't admit it, but it's the truth. Now, Tyler, uh, he is gone for the week. He did send me his picks for this week. Um, but you guys are stuck with just me. So I'm sorry you don't get the banter, the fun little banter with the titillating Tyler Dean and myself. You you just get to, you know, just enjoy uh, the sound of my beautiful, luscious voice. Anyway, um, fun week in the NFL. We got a lot going on. Uh, tomorrow, this is a, a wonderful Saturday morning. Uh, tomorrow, we will be... Um, Watching some week three games, I'm very excited, but I wanted to get this one in. I'm, I'm a little bit late this week. Normally, I record on a Wednesday. This week, we're recording on a Saturday. It's been a hellacious week over here. Um, just a lot going on in, in life. Just in life. So, uh, But now we're, we're going to be back on a good schedule. Um, I'm confident in that. So uh, now we're going to be going over our scores here in the NFL. Um hope you're all ready for that, and uh, let's get to it. Week two of the NFL. Uh, first off, we got the Buccaneers and the Panthers. The Bucs topped the Panthers 20-14, to and actually what was a, uh, quite the upset. Cam Newton goes down for an injury in that game. Uh, in a game that was very, very close and much closer than I expected, the Ravens beat the Cardinals 23-17. I, very surprising after the performance that Lamar Jackson put up in Week One, so we got to see 23-17 game, and actually Kyler Murray didn't look half bad, so I was surprised by that. In a game of who can make more mistakes, the Detroit Lions squeaked out a victory, 13-10 against the uh, San Diego Chargers, or well, the LA Chargers, or whatever the hell we're calling them these days. Uh, the Chargers, it was a surprising loss, and, and Darius Slay got burned all game long by Keenan Allen. And then comes out and, and gets the, uh, the the go home, the final nail in the coffin with an interception late in the game, and everybody was touting him as a hero, but really he got burned all game long. He did not play well in that game. But the Lions do squeak one out against the Chargers. Uh, the Colts squeak one out against the Titans, 19-17. Jacoby Brissett didn't look half bad in this game. Uh, a lot of people thought the Titans' defense was going to light up the Colts this week, and uh, they, they did all right, but the Colts still managed to pull out the win. Uh, the 49ers blow out the Cincinnati Bengals 41 to 17. Not a bad game for the Niners, but the Bengals were very, very rough around the edges. Joe Mixon couldn't get moving on the ground, um, but the uh, the Niners just blow them out 41 to 17. And really, the 49ers are a big surprise team right now after the way they played last season. Jimmy G actually put up some decent numbers, 17 for 25, 296, and three touchdowns. So he wasn't half bad, and Dalton wasn't bad either, 26 for 42, 311, and two touchdowns. Um, and, and once again, 
Tyler Boyd stepping up. He, he gets over 100 yards. He had a hell of a game. Uh, the Houston Texans narrowly beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags defense looks like it's coming back up to form. 13-12 was the uh, the Texans win. Um, Gardner Mishnu, Minshew. Gardner Minshew, or right there, Minshew Mania. Uh, 23 for 33, 213 and a touchdown. Uh, Deshaun Watson was not looking up to form in this game, but the, the Texans still got it done against the Jags after that heartbreaker in week one against the Saints. Uh, the Vikings drop one to the Packers. The Packers beat them 21-16 um, on the heels of a very, very poor Kirk Cousins performance. Um, the Vikings defense gave up 21 early, uh, roared back uh, after the first quarter, and, and still couldn't get it done. Uh, the final nail in the coffin there was, was a uh, interception by uh, Kirk Cousins in the end zone, throwing one in the double coverage to Stephon Diggs. Um, but, I mean, the Packers didn't look half bad in that game. They, they actually looked in the first half anyway. Their offense couldn't get anything else going for the rest of the game. So the Vikings defense came alive, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, the Cowboys topped the Redskins 31-21. Case Keenum uh, just does not look like that franchise quarterback that they expected him to be. Um, we, were, we were talking about how Keenum will probably be benched eventually, and it's starting to look that way. Although he did not have a bad stat line, 26 for 37, 221, two touchdowns. So he may very well not be the problem. But Adrian Peterson did come back in that game, 10 carries, 25 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, the Redskins are going to have to start figuring out their running attack a little bit. The uh, Seahawks and the Steelers, uh, we got to see Ben Roethlisberger. He goes down in that game, and he will officially be out for the year. Mason Rudolph came into the game, 12 for 19, 112 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he didn't go crazy. But he, uh, he definitely did a, a hell of a job in that starting role. Uh, we may be seeing him this week. Uh, the Bills beat the Giants 28-14. Uh, Josh Allen uh, gets the Bills to 2-0. And in, in where we were crapping on this guy before, he's starting to look more and more like a, a potential franchise quarterback. In the meantime, on the other side, Eli Manning, 26-45, uh, 250 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Didn't put up one of his better performances. This reminds us of that, that epic interception year that we got to see out of Eli. So the Giants trying to pick up the pieces. Uh, the Patriots blow out the Dolphins. Well, that was a surprise, right? Not really. Um, the 43 nothing is the, the final there. I mean, the, the Dolphins are just falling apart. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was miserable. Josh Rosen looked just as bad. Um, Dolphins just can't get anything going. They, they can't win for losing here, and, and it's it's really looking like a, a tank for Tua kind of season, if you ask me. Um, then uh, th there's going to be a lot of uh, investigation into that, and we'll be uh, talking about that momentarily. The Chiefs uh, defeat the Oakland Raiders 28-10. Patrick Mahomes has a monster day. Uh, Derek Carr didn't look so great, uh, So, but the, the Chiefs were, were looking up to form and up to the task, and they get it done against the Oakland Raiders 28-10. Uh, the Rams will go out and they top the New Orleans Saints 27-9. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater comes into the game after Drew Brees goes down, and we'll be uh, talking more about that in a little while. Jared Goff um, getting it done, man. He, he didn't have a horrendous stat line, but he looked pretty damn good. 19 for 28, 283, and a touchdown. Trying to live up to that monster contract he got in the offseason. Uh, the Bears squeak one out against the Denver Broncos on the heels of a... Uh, uh, Good-sized field goal against uh, against Broncos. It's 16-14 is the final. Bears over the Broncos. Mitch Trubisky again looking rough. Uh, the Bears' offense seems to continue to regress. 
Uh, they're just not getting it done. In the meantime, Joe Flacco throws the ball a whopping 50 times. He goes 35 for 50, uh, 292 in a touchdown and one interception in that game. Um, Emmanuel Sanders doing everything he can to keep it alive. I expected a little more out of Portland Sutton, but the uh, the Broncos drop one of the Bears there. Uh, in the Battle of the Birds, the Falcons and the Eagles, this is one, the one that Tyler actually topped me out on. The, the Falcons go ahead and beat the Eagles 24-20. Carson Wentz, 25-43, 231, a touchdown, two picks, not living up to his expectations. Josh McCown came into the game uh, a little bit later, 3-for-5, 24 yards. Um, but Matt Ryan was, was the story here. Uh, he did have three touchdowns. But he also had three interceptions on the day. He did get 320 yards out of the deal. Uh, the, the Eagles get beat by the Falcons. I mean, it's just a, a it's kind of a tough loss there. Um, and last but not least, the Browns, 23-3 over the New York Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold was out in this game. He has, has been diagnosed with mono. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, 19 for 35, 325 in a touchdown. So, and Odell Beckham came alive. Six receptions, 161 in a touchdown. Um, came alive in this game, and, and the Cleveland Browns start to look a little bit better after that horrendous uh, week one beating they took against the Tennessee Titans. So the, um, the Cleveland Browns advanced to 1-1, one and, one. and those are your scores for the week two. Now, I want to talk a little bit um, about the, the big story that's going on. We're, we're going to get off of uh, week two here for a minute because I, we got to talk about this. It's been going on all week. Um, the Antonio Brown story continues. This massive saga. Antonio Brown gets released. He loses his Nike sponsorship amid the sexual assault allegations against him. And and I saw this coming. I was surprised that he played last week. I was surprised that the Patriots didn't take swifter action against him. Um, and and I look, I get it. On on one end, um, it is a civil suit. You know, I last I checked, you know, and maybe it's just my opinion. Last I checked, sexual assault is still a felony. You know, that's <laughs> that's what it is. Last I checked, rape is still illegal. So when somebody comes out and and throws that type of allegation out there, you know, you expect a a um you expect a a a, a large corporation that that is employing this person to uh, take swift action, you expect you know the, a, a corporation, a, a team, a, 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 such a monstrous entity like the New England Patriots to take swift action against uh, a guy like Antonio Brown, and they didn't do that. Now I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't do it. I'm surprised they had him play in week in week two. I, I'm surprised that he was even on the field. Um, I'm surprised the NFL hasn't put him on the commissioner's exempt list. I, I'm surprised at the amount of um, uh, leeway that he's gotten uh, over this whole thing. Um, at the same time, I, I understand the stance that you know it, it's kind of innocent until proven guilty. I understand that this is also a civil suit. This isn't a um, uh, a situation where this one this person is pressing criminal charges. This is a civil case, and she's only seeking $75,000, which sends off bells to me. Um, and then, But the, the nail in the coffin, I think, for him was definitely the fact that he went out and sent her threatening messages and, you know, whatever else. Antonio Brown, um, he, the, the man is a loose cannon. 
I, I don't understand um, uh, how he gets away um, with with anything that he gets into, and and it's it starts with the Steelers. Let's just face the fact: it starts with the Steelers. Shame on Mike Tomlin. Shame on the the. Um, uh, uh, Shame on the, the um, uh, Steelers organization. Shame on the NFL for giving Antonio Brown this, this um, you know, uh, uh, leeway and, and this, this double standard that they've set for this player as opposed to everybody else in the league. Um, and, and uh, you know, earlier, in, it, a, woman, the, a woman told Sports Illustrated that, that while she was painting a mural at one of Antonio Brown's homes in 2017, uh, the the Patriots wide receiver made an unwanted sexual advance. She didn't reciprocate, and Brown had ghosted her without paying. So he he didn't pay her. Um, now she says she was included in a, a group text chain that that started Wednesday night by Brown, where he accused the artist of fabricating the story and encouraged other members of the chat to dig into her past. Uh, you know this this type of stuff is is what gets out of control. He sends threatening text messages to his accuser. He sends threatening text messages to this painter lady where he made, you know, sexual advances against her and then didn't pay her. I mean, it it's it, the man's life is is spiraling out of control. I mean, Antonio Brown needs to to uh, he needs to to take some time and find that that uh, mental health you know that that he needs in order to be a, a functioning member of society and to be a functioning member of an NFL of the of the NFL rather now and and we saw you know a guy Everson Griffin for example last year you know he was going through a very rough time and Everson Griffin was going off the deep end and Everson Griffin went out Everson Griffin found that mental stability that he needed and Antonio Brown's in that same boat. He's just spiraling out of control. It, it almost reminds me of Johnny Manziel, where Johnny Manziel was just out of his mind and going out of his rock, off his rocker, and everybody just said, well, who is this crazy person? Um, how people like Antonio, and, and Antonio Brown, you didn't hear about this stuff early on, and then he became the number one receiver over there in, in Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden that, you know, he became Mr. All-Star, and he went absolutely nuts. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. You have one job. You know, shut up and catch the ball. You want to go out and be promiscuous, be promiscuous. You want to go out there and, and you know, go out and sleep with random women, hey, do you, boo-boo. You know, that that's all well and good, but, you know, don't go out there and sending people messages. Don't go out there sexually assaulting people. That doesn't give you a, 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 the leeway. And shame on the NFL for taking so long and the Patriots organization for taking so long to respond to this situation. Um, shame on them. That's that's absurd. Uh, Antonio Brown is he he's a crazy person at this point, and and I think a majority of the league and a majority of the fans look at Antonio Brown like he's a crazy person. His whole life right now is Jerry Springer. So uh, Antonio Brown has officially been released by the Patriots. Um, Bill Belichick earlier this week he he fielded so many questions about Antonio Brown that he actually walked out of a press conference over the whole thing. So I mean it I, I think it's telling. Um, the type of player you're dealing with uh, when you're dealing with Antonio Brown. I think his time in the league is done. Um, I, I think he's he's done for, and, and you won't see him again um, it, it, until this, this sexual assault thing goes away. And even then, after all of the trouble he's had this offseason, 
yeah, I think I think he's done. I think teams are gonna gonna stay away from old Antonio Brown moving forward. I think his career is over. So there's that. Um, now with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with the Jalen Ramsey sweepstakes. We got some of that stuff going on. Uh, we got uh, some major quarterback injuries. Uh, the injury report has looked ugly this week. Uh, particularly at the quarterback position. We got quarterbacks getting benched. We got new starters. We've got guys getting waived, all kinds of stuff. We're going to go over the injury report. Um, so we're going to hit all that stuff, and uh, we will be right back. Well, I will be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. I was alone. I was all by myself. No one was looking. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. And uh, again, it, it just looks like I'm kind of uh, I was all, by myself. all by myself here. Just all alone. All by myself. All by myself. This all is ridiculous. Um, Tyler Dean not joining us this week. He is on his little uh, work vacation gimmick. That's what he's going to be doing. Um, so Tyler will not be joining us this week, but on this wonderful Saturday morning, uh, day before football, we're going to go ahead and uh, get this uh, thing going here. I want to make sure that that uh, we are, um, you know, getting our week our weekly podcast in. Got to got to get got to broadcast for all the folks that like to listen to us ramble on and on and on and on. Um, so we're going to be going over. Some, uh, first of all, I want to go over the injury report. We got a ton of injuries in the NFL this week. Um, and, and a lot of guys that are going to be out for the upcoming games. Um, and I'm going to go right down the line. I'm going to list them off. Uh, according to the injury report, Brown's tight end, David Njoku has been placed on IR. He's uh, got a broken wrist. Uh, they suffered against the Jets and Njoku, uh, is uh, obviously out for, uh, the Rams, uh, Christian Kirksey and, uh, safety Demorius Randall. Uh, he's uh, Kirksey with a chest injury, Randall with a concussion. They're both out against the Rams. Safety Morgan Burnett. Uh, corner Denzel Ward, corner Greedy Williams are all questionable against the Rams. The Browns having quite a few injury issues, um, and it's gonna it's gonna wind up stinging them, especially in their secondary. They're losing safeties, they're losing defensive backs, they're losing corners, they're losing all kinds of, of stuff in that secondary. They're gonna have a hard time against the Rams if they can't get that secondary in order and get it healthy. Now for the Falcons, uh, there's only really one notable one. That's punter Matt Bosher. He's out for, against the Colts, right groin. Um, he will be out this week. Uh, Bosher's a good punter. He's the kind of guy that likes to sink punts within the 10. So uh, on special teams, the Falcons are going to be having a hard time there. The Colts, linebacker Darius Leonard is out with a concussion against the Falcons. 
Um, Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, both listed as questionable. Uh, the, the Colts have a little bit of an injury bug there going on, uh, especially with their, their big-name players. Those guys will all be um, on that uh, injury report moving into uh, this matchup with the Falcons. The Ravens, Jimmy Smith, out with that knee injury. We knew about that again for going against the Chiefs. Uh, Mark Andrews is officially listed as questionable with a foot injury going into that matchup against the Chiefs. Uh, Mark Andrews has been having a hell of a year. Um, so the, the hope for the Ravens is that he's going to wind up being healthy. We know that Lamar likes to throw to him a lot. Over on the flip side, the Chiefs left tackle Eric Fisher. Uh, he is um, injured with a groin injury, and then you got Tyreek Hill with his shoulder injury, Damian Williams with a knee injury, all listed as out against the Ravens. LaShawn McCoy is also listed as questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy both being hurt. That's one. That one's going to sting, but that's that. I mean, that's going to be more of a workload put on Patrick Mahomes. Um, Mahomes seems like he's up to the task. The Chiefs are going to have their work cut out for him if they can't get that run game going. Um, we do know that Andy Reid is the running back whisperer, so we will see if LaShawn McCoy does come into play um, this week or if he's going to be riding the bench majority of the week. But we do know um, that Patrick Mahomes is is going to be up to the task. Uh, the Panthers quarterback uh, Cam Newton, foot injury. He is out. Bruce, e, Bruce Irvin, uh, the linebacker, also has a hamstring injury. He's out versus the Cardinals. Um, the Panthers without two key players, um, so they will both be out. Uh, Bengals defensive tackle Ryan Glasgow, he's got a thigh injury. Tackle Cordy Glenn, concussion, and A.J. Green with an ankle injury, all out versus Buffalo. Um, listed as doubtful is Carl Lawson, the defensive end with a hamstring injury. And then uh, questionable, Michael Jordan with a knee, that's the guard, and the tackle Andre Smith with a groin injury. So the Bengals have a, a, a quite a few injuries to some actually big-name players on their team, uh, with the exception of, obviously, Glasgow, who is, eh, he's okay. But uh, they're, they're going to be having uh, a lot more troubles, uh, especially with the, those two offensive line injuries, especially with Joe Mixon not performing up to snuff. It raises the question how much of it is Mixon's inability to get things going versus the Bengals not having enough offensive line. So there's questions there. On the flip side, the Bills, tight end Tyler Croft, he has a foot and ankle injury. He'll be out against the Bengals. Um, that's kind of a hit. We know that Josh Allen likes to hit Tyler Croft, and uh, he's a big blocking kind of, kind of tight end, but when he gets open into space, he likes to make plays. So uh, Tyler Croft will be out for that game. Uh, for the Broncos, uh, tackle Jawan James still out with that knee injury uh, against the Packers. Uh, corner Bryce Callahan, he's listed as questionable now with that foot injury. Um, so he's he's still uh, kind of riding that injury report. The Packers, linebacker Oren Burks, he has a chest injury. He'll be out against the Broncos. Linebacker Kyler Fackrell with a shoulder injury. Tight end Jimmy Graham with a groin injury. Both those guys listed as questionable. Uh, going into that game against the Broncos. And I, Jimmy Graham is is kind of the bigger one. Uh, Fackrell's kind of a big deal, but uh, Jimmy Graham is the bigger of the of the two. We do know that Jimmy Graham is, is starting to play a much larger role in that Packers offense. So Jimmy Graham being listed as questionable, possibly even out, we'll see. But um, if he's not taking the field, that's going to take one more weapon away from Aaron Rodgers, and that's not good for him. Um, for the Detroit Lions, getting ready to take on the Philadelphia Eagles this week, but uh, linebacker Gerard Davis with an ankle injury, 
Uh, tackle Taylor Decker with a back injury. Defensive end Deshaun Hand with an elbow injury. And cornerback Rashawn Melvin with a knee injury. They're all listed as questionable going into that matchup against the, the Eagles there. Um, Taylor Decker actually, you know, I'm not as upset if I'm a Lions fan. If I am a Lions fan, I'm not upset about the Taylor Decker injury because really, without Taylor Decker, the Lions offensive line played better. And it really, it's it's a wonder that the Lions didn't pick up his fifth-year option. It's no wonder. Um, you know, he really, you know, he started out his career real hot and and seems like the league has kind of figured him out and he can't seem to adapt um, so Taylor Decker being out, no big deal. Deshaun Hand, Gerard Davis, those are our two bigger ones, especially on the defensive side of the football, uh, going against an Eagles team that likes to run along the edges, that likes those little hitch passes and whatnot. Um, Gerard Davis being one of the leading tacklers. Uh, so those guys being listed as questionable uh, should set off alarms for any Lions fan. Uh, on the flip side, the Eagles running back Corey Clement, he's out with a shoulder injury. or I'm sorry, he has a shoulder injury. Deshaun Jackson, abdomen injury. Uh, defensive end Timmy Jernigan, he has a foot injury. They're all out against the Lions. Uh, tight end Dallas Goddard, uh, he's got a calf injury. Wide receiver Elshon Jeffrey, also with a calf injury. And Nate Sudfield, the backup quarterback, has a left wrist injury. Those guys are listed as questionable. Um, so the Eagles, Corey Clement's kind of a change of pace back, but Deshaun Jackson's kind of the big one. He's the guy that's been making big plays for him. Um, it's going to be tough to lose uh, or to have Dallas Goddard uh, listed as questionable, possibly lost Elshon Jeffrey. If they lose those two guys, they're in deep trouble against his Lions team. Um, the Lions aren't that great, but they did shut down the Chargers for the most part last week. Uh, you you got to have weapons for, for Carson Wentz. Um, that may open things up for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, but we will see. Um, moving forward. Uh, for the Texans, Texans are getting ready to take on the Chargers this week. Tackle Laramie Tunsil, he's listed as questionable with an ankle injury. Um, Tunsil is is kind of a, a, a big part of their offensive line, especially uh, because they had such a hard time keeping uh, Deshaun Watson clean last year. Tunsil was, was, is one of those guys that kept him relatively clean. Watson was one of the most sacked quarterbacks, one of the most hurried quarterbacks last season. So um, he's listed as questionable. If he winds up being out, the Texans may be in trouble. Uh, for the Chargers, tight end Hunter Henry, he's out against the Texans uh, with a knee injury. Uh, Hunter Henry seems to be having a lot of problems with, with the injuries throughout his young NFL career. Uh, we'll see if he can uh, get it together and start produ producing as that guy that was supposed to be placing, taking the place of Antonio Gates. Uh, kicker Michael Badgley, uh, he's still listed as questionable with a right groin injury. Last week they had the punter kicking field goals, and he did not do well. So um, hopefully, for the Chargers' sake, uh, Badgley will wind up back on the field. He's a very good kicker and very accurate as well. Um, the Rams getting ready to take on... Uh, well, well, actually, I didn't list their, their game. Uh, the Rams getting ready. They, they have the tight end Tyler Higby with a chest out uh, chest injury. He's out against the Browns. There we go. Uh, guard Austin Blythe and defensive tackle Aaron Donald. They, and, and Donald's obviously the big one. Austin Blythe has an ankle injury, but Aaron Donald with a back injury, that's not what you want to hear from defensive linemen having a back injury, especially a Pro Bowl caliber, all-pro monster like, like Aaron Donald. Um, but hopefully Aaron Donald will be on the field. Uh, for the Rams, but uh, Tyler Higby is officially listed as out. Um, for the Dolphins, Rashad Jones out against the Cowboys, the safety, he and, and he's got an ankle injury. Safety Bobby McCain, he's listed as questionable with a shoulder injury. I, I don't think it matters that much, really. 
Um, the, the Dolphins are kind of in this tank for Tua mode. Uh, Bobby McCain's a good player, but he's getting a little up there. Rashad Jones, um, you know, he's a decent player as well. He's not not anything to write home about, but he's a good player. Um, but there, I don't think anybody in that spectrum, as low as the Dolphins are right now, I don't think anybody believes that that the Dolphins stand a chance against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys wide receiver Tavon Austin out with a concussion. He's still riding that injury wire. Michael Gallup, he's listed as questionable with a knee injury versus the Dolphins. Um, the, it's not going to be a huge factor. I don't think it is. I think everybody kind of has the knowledge that, that the Cowboys are probably going to whoop the crap out of the, the Miami Dolphins. But, hey, I digress. The the Saints, the, the Saints you now Drew Brees, and we're going to be talking about this a little bit, Drew Brees listed out as out with a right thumb injury. Sheldon Rankins, he still has that Achilles injury that he suffered in the offseason. Traquan Smith with an ankle injury. They're all out versus the Seahawks. The Saints right now are a somewhat of a downward spiral. When Drew Brees gets back, it's going to be his. It's going to be required of him to get them um, back in the saddle, uh, and, and he's out for four to six weeks right now. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, in the meantime. Uh, the Seahawks cornerback Trey Flowers he has an ankle injury. He's listed as questionable versus the Saints. Um, the Seahawks, you know they. They, they've been, and Tyler and I have been talking about this for the last few the last few shows and the last several months here, that the, the Seahawks are doing just enough to keep themselves relevant. Um, Trey Flowers is a huge part of their uh, secondary. Um, that, that might be a, a good-sized blow to them into this upcoming game. So we could see that play out um, against the Saints there. The Jets are, are uh, set to take on the Patriots this week. Sam Darnold still out with Mono. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, uh, the linebacker, has a calf injury. Both those guys listed as out versus the Patriots. Uh, C.J. Mosley, Demarius Thomas, and Quinn and Williams all listed as doubtful. Mosley has a groin injury. Demarius Thomas with a hamstring and knee injury. And Quinn and Williams, the first round, uh, the number one overall pick for the uh, Jets there, um, he has an ankle injury, or their first round pick, rather. I think he was number two overall. And then uh, defensive tackle Steve McClendon has a hip injury. Kalechi Osemele has a knee injury. Brian Poole with a groin injury. Those guys listed as questionable. So the Jets are are just a sick ward right now, starting to fall apart little by little. Hopefully those guys will be back for them uh, moving forward. Uh, moving into the Raiders. Raiders are set to take on the Minnesota Vikings this week. Linebacker Vontaze Burfick, shoulder and knee injury. Uh, defensive tackle P.J. Hall, he is ill. Uh, safety LaMarcus Joyner, he has a groin injury, and defensive tackle Corey Legit has a knee injury. All those guys listed as questionable against the Vikings. Those are big-name players, too. We're not talking about, you know, just iffy guys here. P.J. Hall is a very good player. Vontaze Burfecht, very good player. LaMarcus Joyner, very good player. Corey Legit, even though he's getting up there in the years, still a very, very effective defensive tackle. And it's both P.J. Hall and Corey Legit. So you're going to see um, the Raiders having a hard time uh, handling that Vikings uh, running game that has been so effective over the last several weeks. Over on the Vikings side, you got uh, Mackenzie Alexander still out with that elbow injury versus the Raiders. Um, the, that's a big blow for the Vikings. He doesn't. He, he's not a guy that gets a a lot of press. He's not a lot. Mackenzie Alexander is not a guy that gets a lot of love, but he was one of the top slot corners last year. He played very well in the slot there. Mackenzie Alexander could be a guy that the Vikings extend um, once he hits his contract year. 
Uh, listed as questionable, you got Anthony Barr with a groin, groin injury, which is a, would be a big hit for the Vikings if they lost him for, for this game. Pat Elfline with a knee injury, uh, the guard, and then linebacker Ben Gideon with a groin injury, and Mike Hughes still nursing that knee injury uh, that he um, that he had in the offseason. So all those guys listed as questionable versus the Raiders. Uh, with the Steelers, uh, running back Roosevelt Nix, he's got a knee injury. He'll be out against the Niners. The Steelers like to use him in those short down, short yardage downs, um, kind of blast him into the end zone. Roosevelt Nix is kind of a big bruiser. Um, he'll be out against the 49ers with a knee injury. Um, and last but not least, the 49ers, they've got Tevin Coleman. He's got an ankle injury. Jalen Hurd with a back injury. Tackle Joe Staley out. He's got the broken fibula. Those guys are all out against the Steelers. Defensive end Nick Bosa has got an ankle injury. D. Ford has a quadricep injury. Jaquiski Tart with a toe injury. And safety Jimmy Ward with a hand injury. Those guys are all listed as questionable going to this game against the Steelers. So the Niners have quite a few injuries uh, sitting there as well. Now, <clears throat> um, we also had uh, the Patriots placing offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn on IR. He had a toe injury. Um, so he got placed on IR this week. Um, now we're going to talk about uh, a few of the guys that got placed on IR that, that were big hits. The Chargers, they did place Adrian Phillips on IR with a broken forearm this week. Uh, the, the Chargers having a lot of injuries to their secondary. They lost Derwin James early in the year. Now Adrian Phillips on IR with a broken forearm. Um, they're, they're starting to fall apart. Uh, it's, it's getting a little rough for them. Uh, we'll, we're going to see. I, I was surprised that they weren't in the mix for Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't been placed in the mix uh, to be going after Jalen Ramsey with all this talk about him. But uh, he, they're, they're starting to have a lot of problems with their, their injuries. Um, other teams having issues with injuries. Ben Roethlisberger is officially out for the season with an elbow injury. Mason Rudolph is to be his starter. Uh, this one's a huge hit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Steelers didn't play well in Week 1. Ben goes down. Mason Rudolph comes in. Doesn't play bad, but I believe that this season is going to be an absolute disaster for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to wind up sub-500. They're going to be a sub-500 team this year. I, I, I have zero doubt in my mind that they're going to be below 500. I, I like Mason Rudolph. I think he's the future of their, their quarterback situation over there in Pittsburgh once Big Ben decides to leave. Um, all signs, according to Mike Tomlin, say that Ben Roethlisberger will play next season. But, I mean, really, it's time to move on. The man's 44 years old. Just start moving forward. You, you can't, he's going to get, it's not like he's, he's going to get less hurt. It's not like his body's going to hold up any better. He's 44 years old. I get that he's a big boy, but Mason Rudolph is the future of your quarterback position. You need to start grooming Mason Rudolph. And if Mason Rudolph performs well this year, you start building him. That's just how it should be. Now, Ben Roethlisberger, great career, surefire Hall of Famer. Everybody knows it. But, um, yeah, I don't buy this, this uh, concept of, well, Ben's going to return next year. No. Mason Rudolph performs well. You say, see you later, Ben. Go ahead and retire. You save the cap space and you move on. That's just how it should be. So, Ben Roethlisberger... He'll be out for the rest of the year, so we'll be seeing more of that, that uh, Rudolph stuff moving forward. Now, Trevor Simeon, he'll also be out for the year after suffering an injury, an ankle injury against the, uh, the Browns on Monday Night Football. Um, not a huge loss for the Jets because they still have Sam Darnold that'll be back next week. Sam Darnold had mono, obviously. Trevor Simeon is an okay quarterback. He's more of a high-end second-string guy. Um, 
but Trevor Simeon is uh, officially uh, out for the year. I, it's it, it's not a bad loss, but at the same time, the the Jets need to um, they they need to have somebody a little more viable as their their second string quarterback uh, rather than Luke Falk. And and Falk didn't perform bad, twenty for twenty five, one hundred ninety eight yards, but he didn't get in the end zone at all. I think the Jets are are having a hard time. There, a lot of the injuries are starting to catch up to him. Le'Veon Bell played through an injury. Um, they're, they're they're having a rough time. So the Jets, you know, Luke Falk will be starting this week. I I and I my understanding is Le'Veon Bell has been practicing as their quarterback, their backup quarterback. If Falk were to go down, so a lot of trouble in in New York over there uh, with the Jets now. Um, we also had uh, uh, Drew Brees, another big one. He's out four to six weeks, like I said earlier, with a thumb injury. Uh, this is going to be a tough loss for the Saints. Now, for the Saints, in, in his place, Teddy Bridgewater stepped in 17 for 30, 165 yards last week. That is not going to be good enough to get you where you need to go. Bridgewater did not play as well as everybody expects him to. Uh, a lot of teams I know were vying for his services over the course of the offseason, the Dolphins being one of them to be their starter. Teddy Bridgewater decides to stay, to stay with the Saints and then does not live up to expectations. This guy hasn't played. Can, can we just remember that? This man has not played in three seasons. The times he's been in, he's been bad. So Teddy Bridgewater, starting with the Saints, if, if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't come to play, Teddy Bridgewater will drive that team into the ground. I have the Saints quite possibly becoming a sub-500 team this year due to this Drew Brees injury. The Saints could drop off. Now, and, and Tyler and I, we both sat here and said, oh, the Saints are probably taking the division, and we were real high on the Saints. But it's looking like they're going to drop off, and this is you know, the, the Falcons' division to win right now. So New Orleans Saints are uh, going to be without Drew Brees for the next four to six weeks due to that, that uh, thumb surgery. We also had... Uh, Quite a few releases here. We we had uh, well, not really. Well, we had two. We had C.J. Anderson. He got dumped by the Lions this week after uh, two rough performances. He put up I think 47 yards in two weeks. They picked up Paul Perkins. Um, I actually like this move. The Lions free up a little bit of cap space. Um, use it, and and I think they learned. You know, they they learned from the failed Garrett Blunt experiment from last year. Um, they wanted Anderson to be that big power back like he was with the the Rams, and here we are. He didn't perform like that big power back like like he did with the Rams. He he got he had decent yardage over, through two weeks on limited carries, um, but the the Lions' run game really hasn't been anything to write home about. Uh, if you look at the numbers of carry on Johnson, but he's not getting as many carries. They're going with this very pass first style offense. Um, Anderson just wasn't up to snuff, so Paul Perkins comes in and uh, winds up taking that spot. It, it's a good it's a good signing for a backup running back. Um, the Lions have. Quite a few um, solid backs in that on that team right now. Uh, I know they had Ty Johnson, who actually had five carries for thirty yards, and he was you know averaging about six yards a carry. So Ty Johnson may wind up you know stealing that spot over there. C.J. Anderson last week five carries, eight yards. I mean he's he's not he doesn't have a very good average. So uh, Anderson gets released. The Lions save the cap space right now. They got about eighteen million in cap space, and I'll I'll be getting to that in a minute here. Um, Cowboys, they wound up, so Taco Taco Charlton, the defensive end, he requests a trade 
the Cowboys get mad and decide they're going to wave him. And after they wave Taco Charlton, the Dolphins pick him up, which was strange. You know, the, the Dolphins are they're giving away good players like Minka Fitzpatrick, who, who is a, a tremendous player. And we're going to talk about that in a second. They give away these big name players, but then they go out and they, they pick up another big name player for something else. Um, they, they have not addressed it. The Dolphins also traded Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers for a 2020 first round draft pick. I, I don't understand the Dolphins moves right now. I, I just kind of don't. Okay. Taco Charlton's a good player. Is he the kind of player that you're going to be able to build your defense around? No. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick's a very, very good player. You traded him away for one first rounder for this upcoming season. So did you really get a good return on that investment in picking him up in the first round two years ago? No. You didn't get a good return on your investment. You know that Minka Fitzpatrick's a good player, and you've developed him into a good player. So why are you going to give him away to an AFC rival, a, a conference rival, to do to play well over there? That is a guy that you can build your, your defense around. That's a guy that, that when you keep him around... He's going to wind up, he's young right now, he's, I think, 23 years old, but you're going to be able to build him into that beastly player that you want him to be, that long-time presence. And instead, they traded him away. They got no return on the investment. They got a first-round selection for him from the Steelers. I I don't understand this move. I, I don't. I, I'm, I find myself wondering, you know, you, you, if you would develop a player and he develops that well, uh, you, you get a... a two first-rounders. You get a first and a second for him. You, you get something more than just get your first-rounder back. Big deal. What do you, what do you, now you got to go develop another safety. It was just one of those moves that made no sense, and, and I, it looks like Miami is just collecting draft picks at this point, which, you know, the Raiders did the same thing, you know, this last season. They, they did the same thing, but when I, what I see right now is not only are they trying to do the tank for Tua thing, but they're, they're, they're just dumping players left and right and trying to get as many first-rounders as they can, and, and it, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. If I'm trading a big-name guy that I've already developed that plays at a very, very high level like Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm going to want more than just my first-rounder back because that's basically what you did. You, you, you got your first-rounder back. What did he do? You developed a player and dumped him. It, just, it was senseless. Um, he's one of the better safeties in the league. It's just a bad trade. Um, now, we also have, um, in, in one of the, the strangest things going on is, is the Jalen Ramsey sweepstakes. And, and since we're talking about trades, I want to jump into this. Jalen Ramsey, he requests a trade and from the, the Jaguars. The Jaguars are reportedly shopping him. Um, the the now the Jags owner has said that he is uh, not against making Jalen Ramsey the highest paid corner in the league. That's the most common thing we're hearing is that Jalen Ramsey wants to be the highest paid corner in the league. I don't. I'm not against that. I think he is one of the best corners in the league, if not the best corner in the league. I think per, uh, he he's a loudmouth though, and that's that's the big problem for Jalen Ramsey. He's a loudmouth. Um, there have been several suitors. For him, um, the Chiefs, the Niners, the Vikings, the Ravens, um, the Eagles. I mean, a lot of a lot of teams calling the Dolphins. 
And, and that's another confusing thing. The Dolphins calling on Jalen Ramsey. Well, you're going to have to pay the man $18 million a year. I mean, granted, they do have the cap space now. But, uh, you know, they're, they're going to go and, and dump a great player to pick up another great player. And it's, I, I don't understand it. And, and you're going to pick up a great player. You're going to dump a great player that keeps his mouth shut. And you're going to pick up another great player that really just can't seem to shut the heck up. I mean, it really, that's that's what it comes down to. Jalen Ramsey, uh, he, he's a loudmouth. And he thinks, he, he thinks he's just the best thing since sliced bread. Is he the best corner in the league? Quite possibly. Um, definitely top three. But Jalen Ramsey, he's a loudmouth and he's trouble. Uh, th- there's been a lot of teams that have been talking about him. I think, you know, he, you know I think either he goes to the NFC because the Jags aren't going to, the Jags are still, I mean, it's, it's still early in the season. The uh, Bouye's coming back. AJ Bouye's coming back. So are, are you really going to need Jalen Ramsey around? Um, I don't know that the Jags are, are willing to dump him because they're still in the race here. They're, they're still in, in, you know, it's early in the season. They're still in the talks here to be, you know, a, a winner. So, I mean, are, are you really going to dump Jalen Ramsey? I don't think so. Um, I don't think they send him anywhere. I think this is a lot of talk. I think this this generates a lot of, um, uh, you know, coverage for, for Jalen Ramsey and the Jags. But I don't see Jalen Ramsey going anywhere. Um, maybe just before the trade deadline. But I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. Um, the Jags are still playing good, solid defense from the look of things. I mean, they, they're holding teams to 12, 13 points. They're, they're not getting blown out. Their secondary is still one of the best in the league. I'm not. If I'm the Jags, I'm not dumping Jalen Ramsey, um, and I don't think you know. And the Lions are another team that that were were in the talks for Jalen Ramsey. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, and if the Jags were smart, they would just hold on to him. Um, also, in the trade world, Melvin Gordon he says he will play somewhere in 2019. You know, whoever that may be for, I mean, we'll find out. Um, certain teams are going to be in need of running backs. I know the Chiefs right now have. Uh, one out, one questionable, so we'll see if they make a move on him. You know, to me, Melvin Gordon's okay. He's not a great running back. I, I'm not going to sit there and say he's one of the league's elite, you know, whatever the case may be. I think he broke a 1,000 once. Um, he's more of a change of pace back, and and that got thrust into that, that starting running back role. I understand the Chargers aren't really a run-first team. They haven't been for about the last 15 years. But Melvin Gordon is... Um, he he's a good enough running back. He's he's one of those good enough type of backs to get you to the promised land. You know, if if the Chiefs went and picked him up now, I think the Chiefs would be effective uh, in using him, especially with Andy Reid kind of overseeing things. But there there've been a lot of teams that have been vying for his services. I don't think that he winds up getting traded. I think he's gonna gonna wind up being a holdout for the rest of the season. He's not gonna get paid, and the Chargers are just gonna. They uh, I mean, realistically, the Chargers aren't aren't gonna take take any trade unless they get the proper um, offer. So Melvin Gordon says he'll play somewhere in 2019. We'll see about that though. I think, I think the char, unless he get the chargers get bored and extend him, um, or unless the, uh, the chargers see uh, the right offer, which is probably going to wind up being about two first rounders. Melvin Gordon's not going anywhere. Um, now we, we did have two controversial things go on on field. Eli Manning gets benched, um, for week three, Daniel Jones has officially been named the starter of the Giants. This was expected. 
Um, Daniel Jones played really, really well in the offseason. He, he's a good, solid player. Um, you know, I, I, I liked watching Daniel Jones. I liked the way that he uh, uh, competed. I liked the way that he performed. I liked the way that he read defenses. I liked the way that, that he was really being able to step to step out of the pocket, move around in the pocket. He was able to step up in the pocket when, they, when it was starting to collapse around him and, and complete clean passes. He really didn't make a lot of huge mistakes. Now, you know, in, in the first week of the preseason, he threw a touchdown pass, and, and I'll be the first to admit, I was not impressed by that touchdown pass because if it was a season safety that he was throwing over in that game, it would have been an interception. But those types of things, you know, as, as the preseason continued, he continued to play well, and he continued to perform at a high level. He's got a little bit of a fumbling issue, but ultimately... Daniel Jones could be the, the next big thing in New York. We, we're going to see. We're going to find out just how good this guy is, and, and we're going to find out about his fundamentals. You know, that's that's a big thing. He's more the, probably one of the more fundamental quarterbacks that came out of this draft. So Daniel Jones, here he comes, and, and we're going to see what goes on. Eli Manning, I mean, you could possibly see Eli Manning get traded. You you might see Eli Manning come off up, up off the bench eventually. But Eli Manning has officially been benched. Um, with the New York Giants. So so Daniel Jones getting ready to make his way into the field. And also, and, and so I don't like when general managers call out players. I don't like that. I, I think it's, and, and I understand it's different when a general manager was a former player. Um, John Elway calls out uh, tackle Garrett Bolas. He, he says the, the holding penalties need to stop Bolas was called for four holding penalties um, last game, and, you know, John Elway got on his case about it. Now, I get that it's a little different when you have a general manager that is a, um, a former player, but you don't call out your players publicly and, and slam them publicly. That's something that John Elway just has never been good at. He, he always goes out there in front of the cameras, in front of the reporters, and just craps on his players just just slams them and and it's not okay it's not acceptable and John Elway should be ashamed of himself as a general manager now I understand Garibaldi's you know okay get on his case a little bit but do it privately pull the guy aside do it privately don't go out there and publicly bash him um, in front of the cameras in front of the world to see um, if I was Garibaldi's I would be not happy to play for the Broncos and I wouldn't want to continue playing for the Denver Broncos I would be asking for a trade requesting a trade I would be, you know, getting ready to, to get set up for the offseason, you know, test free agency, whatever I got to do, I want to get the hell out of there. And I don't know what kind of um, contract uh, Garrett Ballas has. I, I'm probably going to have to go out and, and take a look at it. But the um, realistically, you, you can't do that. John Elway, he, he's got to learn when to shut his mouth. And, and understand that guys on his team make mistakes. I understand they're, they're at the highest level you can play. Garibaldi has two years left on his deal. He's only getting paid 1.5. Um, cut it out. You know, look, cut it out, Elway. You know, this is typical John Elway stuff. So uh, Garibaldi and, and John Elway now at odds. We're going to find out about that. Ballas is, is a former first rounder um, from back in 2017. He went number 20 overall. So um, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that turns out um, for the 27-year-old uh, left tackle there. Now, uh, when we come back, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break here. 
When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, Tyler's Top 10, Freytown's Forgotten and Forgetful 5. We're going to uh, go over our picks to round out the show. Um, and uh, old uh, Tyler Dean hopefully will be, uh, will be back. That's, that's the hope. He'll hopefully be back next, next episode. But we're going to go over Forgotten 5, uh, Forgetful 5. We're going to go over Tyler's Top 10. We're going to go over mine and Tyler's picks for the week. And uh, we'll get down to business. Uh, so we will be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, this fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and uh, I'm still all by myself, but that's okay. We are still going to be rolling right along here, and uh, so... We're we're nearing the end of our show here, but we we have two segments that we got to get on, and uh, one of those segments is going to be uh, what we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten is in, and you know, unfortunately, Tyler's not here, so I'm going to be doing the top ten for him, uh, which is always a good time. We're we're going to go ahead and and uh, roll right into that segment here. Um, for Tyler's top 10, uh, his, his top performances of the week. Uh, number 10 for week two uh, would be Mark Andrews. Eight receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he's been a consistent threat there for the Baltimore Ravens, and, and he's been playing good ball. He's become a safety valve for Lamar, um, and, and all of a sudden he's one of the better tight ends in this league. He kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so Mark Andrews uh, hits number 10 on uh, Tyler's top 10. Number nine, Kenny Galladay. From the Detroit Lions, eight receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. He had himself a heck of a game against the Chargers, um, and I think he would be higher if he was taking on a more prevalent secondary. Um, you know, but he he really wasn't taking on a a full strength um, Chargers secondary there. So I can understand why he's a little bit lower on the list. Eight receptions, 117 yards, nothing to sneeze at. Um, number eight, Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott, 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott, after getting the new contract, has been getting it done. Um, he, he's just rocking it, just trucking right along the way Ezekiel Elliott does. Um, 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. That's a good performance um, for a week, and, and I think that um, he's going to have an easy week this upcoming week uh, against the Dolphins. Uh, Adam Jones, number seven. Um, or I'm sorry, Aaron Jones. I'm sorry, I miss uh, Tyler's handwriting. It looks like chicken scratch. Aaron Jones, uh, 23 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. 
Uh, he played very well against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the defense, the Vikings defense was good. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, and, uh, especially against the rush, Aaron Jones just shredded them. Um, and, and especially early on in the game. So, uh, Aaron Jones, he, he rocks the number seven spot. Number six, Chris Godwin, eight receptions, 121 yards and a touchdown, uh, helping the Bucks make that comeback against the Panthers. Um, the Panthers, I, I'm surprised they actually lost this game, but uh, Chris Godwin, I mean, he, he has become a solid number two. Uh, he's shown that he can be a number one with, with Mike Evans when Mike Evans isn't around. Um, I like Chris Godwin a lot. He stepped up last year. He's continuing to, to have those breakout years. Uh, the, the, the Bucks are going to want to extend him, and if they don't, he will be a number one somewhere. Number five, Julio Jones, five receptions, 106 yards, two touchdowns, and and I think he would be lower had he not gotten two touchdowns. Um, and and I, I don't want to speak for Tyler, but I, I knowing him, I believe that's the case. Uh, Jones gets it done against a very good uh, Eagles defense, a very game Eagles defense. So there's that. Um, and the next one is a guy I think should be a little bit higher on the list because he is the heart and soul of that offense right now. Number four is Dalvin Cook. Uh, 20 carries, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Number four, uh, Dalvin Cook is—he um, is starting to show that promise that we saw in uh, uh, week one and two, not last year, but the year before. And and if he can stay healthy, he will be one of the best rushers in this league. If he stays healthy, I think he could quite possibly lead the league in rushing. 154 yards on the ground is humongous, just enormous. It's a huge number. Uh, for a running back, um, the Vikings, that zone run scheme is really working well for him, and they're going to want to extend him if he can stay healthy over this season and next season. They're going to want to give him give his contract an extra look. Lord knows they're going to wind up picking up that fifth-year option on him. So Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Kudos to him. Number three, Odell Beckham Jr., six receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown. He he started. He made a comeback after that abysmal performance that went on in Week One against the Titans. The Browns showing they can get it done through the air. Beckham showing why he's worth the money. Showing why he's worth the trade. Odell Beckham is is he's the monster over there for for the Browns. And the the guy who's been weirdly quiet is Jarvis Landry. So uh, we're waiting for him to kind of emerge as well because Landry was such a huge part of that offense last year. Uh, number two, Demarcus Robinson, six receptions, 172 yards, two touchdowns. I like Demarcus Robinson. I think he's he's a fun player to watch. Um, and 172 yards, I mean, showing the fact that he did it on on six receptions is um, is a huge, huge st- a testament to how many big plays that guy actually makes. Um, he's a beast, uh, and and you gotta love what he's doing. Uh, this year he has seven receptions, 172 yards. So all of his, uh, all of his, his he had one reception for no gain in week one. But the fact that he had so many big plays and they're utilizing him in the fashion that they are, the Chiefs are showing um, why he's worth the looks. And last but not least, the man throwing him the ball, Patrick Mahomes, 30 for 44, 443 yards. Four touchdowns. Second week in a row, he's been in the uh, top four, I think. Yeah, I think he was in the top four last week. Um, Patrick Mahomes showing that he's a monster still. Uh, and, and I don't know how much of it is an Andy Reid scheme or how much of it is Patrick Mahomes. Um, but when Patrick Mahomes is on, he's on. Uh, this guy's going to be a Super Bowl winner. 
He's going to wind up being an MVP. He's going to wind up just, and I say I say MVP. He's going to be a multi-time MVP. Um, he's just a beast. He is an absolute beast. I love Patrick Mahomes. Loves what he's doing. He's the big thing in this league right now, <clears throat> and he's going to be the next longtime quarterback. Um, once Tom Brady goes out the door, he's going to be the the big name guy. Um, I love Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to set new standards. Uh, for quarterbacks in the NFL. So with that, that is Tyler's top 10, but we are not done yet. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are moving into Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five. And the Forgotten Five this week, um, we're going to go over Forgotten Five and Forgetful Five. I like doing both. It's just fun. Um, forgotten Five that, that Tyler didn't get to would be... Uh, Number five, Calvin Ridley, eight receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Ridley, the you know, it wasn't just, it, and I understand it's only 105 yards, but he did it against an Eagles defense that is very good, very game, and he put up eight receptions, which means that he was getting first downs on the day. He was going out there and, and making plays. So I, you got to love what Calvin Ridley's doing. Um, and, and the only guy that that really I thought was. Um, just as good as him uh, was was Nelson Aguilar, uh, who is actually my number four. Eight receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. So that shows you how close this one was. Two yards is what separated those guys. Um, Nelson Aguilar, he's sort of hit or miss. Last week, he had himself a very good game. Uh, he's generally a slot receiver. That's what he was drafted to be. I like Nelson Aguilar. Uh, very good in traffic. Very good hands. Uh, he, he can make plays when he's getting hit. Um, he makes physical plays, a good blocker. He's one of the better receivers in this league that doesn't get enough credit. Um, and, he, and when he got picked up in the first round, everybody was kind of like, eh, Nelson Aguilar. Well, he actually has turned out very well. Uh, and the Eagles utilize him properly. So Nelson Aguilar, kudos to him. He's number four on the Forgotten Five. Uh, number three is a guy that didn't have as many receptions but had more yards and a touchdown was John Ross. Uh, four receptions, 112 yards and a touchdown. The reason I put John Ross on this list is even though his stat line says that he's kind of a banger bust type of player, he had a bang type of game, uh, four receptions, 112 yards. That means big plays through the air. John Ross is getting open in those vertical routes, and when he gets open downfield, you got to look out. He's going to turn on that speed, and he is going to get into the end zone, and he did uh, last week. John Ross is is a good vertical receiver. He's a good vertical threat guy. He's the kind of guy that's going to get you those vertical numbers and get you those touchdowns and those long-distance plays. So you got to love what he's doing. Uh, number two goes to Saquon Saigon. Saquon Barkley, 18 carries, 107 yards and a touchdown. Um, good day for him. He, he winds up breaking that 100-yard mark, gets in the end zone, keeps the Giants moving forward. I mean, Saquon Barkley... I think he knows that he's not really right now with a winning team. I think the Giants, they, they need a lot of work. Um, they made some moves in the offseason that were good but not great. Um, Saquon Barkley is the shining star on that team. We're going to see what goes on now that Daniel Jones is under center and see what that kind of opens up for Saquon. We're going to see what, what it opens up for Daniel Jones in the passing game. Um, and, and we're going to see what goes on. It, uh, quarterback change is a big deal. It's a guy that handles the ball every single play. So I want to see what this what this does for Saquon Barkley. We're going to see if Saquon becomes more of a, uh, a safety valve type player for Daniel Jones. We'll see if Saquon gets more carries. 
It, it's going to be a wild thing for him in the upcoming weeks. But last week, 18 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Very good game for him. And last but not least, number one, um, a guy I'm not a huge fan of, but he had a hell of a game, Russell Wilson, 29 for 35, which was very accurate, 300 yards, three touchdowns through no interceptions, uh, played very, very well in week two. Um, but Russell Wilson is the guy that I'm going to go ahead and give the number one spot to on the Forgotten Five. Now, we move into the Forgetful Five. And uh, the, the week's most abysmal performances, and trust me, we saw quite a few. I'm going to go number five. We're going to get right into this, and, and this one's going to be kind of funny at number five. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Rosen is officially back in the forgetful five. Josh Rosen, seven for 18, 97 yards, and one interception uh, as he came in to replace the benched Ryan Fitzpatrick. Josh Rosen has been named the starter for next week. Lord knows that's going to go poorly. Uh, Rosen finally, after it, he didn't do it in week one, but in week two, he made his way back into the forgetful five. Um, so congratulations to him. We're going to see. He was our, our uh, um, LVP last year, least valuable player uh, for the show. So uh, Josh Rosen is officially back in the forgetful five. He's on the board uh, as far as that goes. Number four. Goes to Christian McCaffrey. Now this is, and he's one of. We have three strange players on this forgetful five uh, this week. Christian McCaffrey being one of them, because you don't see Christian McCaffrey have bad performances like he did last week. But McCaffrey gets 16 carries, only produces 37 yards on the ground. Um, McCa and then he only had two catches for 16 yards last week. Christian McCaffrey did not play well. He just didn't. He did not play well. And uh, when Christian McCaffrey pl doesn't play well and Cam Newton's not playing well, the Panthers don't play well. Christian McCaffrey looked like absolute hot garbage. Christian McCaffrey looked bad on the ground. Christian McCaffrey didn't get it done. He makes number four on the forgetful five. Number three, and I was, I'm going to be honest with you, I was so angry and disappointed and disgusted by this number three player's performance, Kirk Cousins. Looked absolutely abysmal. Uh, 14 for 32. He had under 50% uh, passing uh, completion percentage. Uh, 230 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. He lost a fumble. He also gave away the game. Uh, he gave the game away with an interception in the end zone in the fourth quarter, throwing it over the top to Diggs in double coverage. I, it was just bad. It was just bad. Uh, Kirk Cousins. You know, I understand. In week one, he only threw the ball 10 times. I get it. Ten times, he, he had eight receptions for 98 yards. It wasn't a great performance, but it was a game-managing type of performance, and he was accurate. He threw the ball. When he threw the ball, he threw it effectively, and that's all I expect. But 14 for 32, 230 yards. Really? You're going to be under, under, and, and uh, under uh, uh, 50%. That's obnoxious to me. Kirk Cousins ought to be ashamed of his performance, and the fact that he's getting paid $28, $30 million a year is obnoxious for that type of performance. Kirk Cousins, that game that you lost against the Packers, not only was it on the bad defense, but it was on you. It was on you primarily. You had bad, sure, you had the bad calls from the referees. They missed, and let's just face the facts. I'm just going to throw it out there. The NFL referees should be ashamed of themselves because they missed. Two 
delay of game calls against Aaron Rodgers. Just let the clock sit there at zero and let him get the playoff anyway. No flag, no nothing. And then they, they called us for two bad pass interference calls. But that's not just the that's not the reason we lost this game. The reason this game got lost was because Kirk Cousins went 14 for 32 for 230 yards, one touchdown, two picks, and a fumble lost. Kirk Cousins played like garbage. Absolute garbage. And the fact that he's only number three on this list shows you just how bad number one and two are. Number one and two should be even more ashamed, but Kirk Cousins played like absolute garbage. He's a guy I never thought I'd put on this, and he has shown in, throughout the first two weeks, well, through, through week two, that he is not worth the money that we've been paying this guy. Last year, Kirk Cousins played very well, but Kirk Cousins needs to step up. So I'm, I'm disgusted with Kirk Cousins, and I'm just going to go ahead and get his name off my computer screen. Now, number two, this guy, after performing so well last year, Joe Mixon, 11 carries for 17 yards. He had a 1.5 average. Um, he has 27 yards through two weeks. Joe Mixon is definitely on the forgetful five, and um, I don't know how much of this is on Joe Mixon and how much of his, of it is on the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line or lack thereof but Joe Mixon was a good player last year and this line hasn't changed that much so I'm curious what's going on with Joe Mixon I'm wondering if he's going to blow up I'm wondering if it's just the the Bengals not getting it done I mean they do have a new coach the guy seems like kind of an idiot I mean really I I don't I don't know how much of this is is Joe Mixon but 11 carries 17 yards is unacceptable uh, on the NFL level but the guy that hits number one this week, I'm going to tell you, Fitzmagic is not running wild in Miami right now. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick takes number one of the forgetful five, 11 for 21, 89 yards, three interceptions, two of which went for pick sixes. And although it's not as bad as Jameis Winston's QBR from last week, he puts up an abysmal 23.8 quarterback rating. How does that happen? I understand it's Miami. I understand you're Ryan Fitzpatrick and you're not that good. I understand that you're trying to be Conor McGregor and failing. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't understand. And, I, you know, I never really understood the, uh, the logic of the Miami Dolphins making him the starter anyway. But that's what we're running into there. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick got benched. Josh Rosen has been named the starter. We're going to see if Josh Rosen is the real deal or if he is trash or if it was it was a part of the, the Arizona scheme. But I think Josh Rosen is going to tank this week. And um, I'm looking forward to putting him on the Forgetful Five. And that is Freytown's uh, Forgetful Five. Now, um, and we got one last little thing to go through this week. And then we're going to be done with t- this week's show. Uh, the titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, we miss you. Tyler will be back. Um, this upcoming uh, week for uh, for the post-week three shenanigans. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out, a guy that's been helping us out a lot with a lot of our sound effects, a lot of our uh, music, a uh, gentleman by the name of Paul Crum. He's been been helping us out with a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, a lot of our production stuff. I really appreciate everything that he's been doing for us, so I want to give a shout-out to him before I forget. So, Paul, thank you so much. You're awesome. Um, last but not least, we're going to get into our predictions 
for week three of the NFL, uh, starting with the Titans and the Jags. Tyler and I both selected the Titans uh, before this game. We both talked about it on Wednesday. We the recording was going to come up late. Uh, Titans and the Jags. Um, we both selected the Titans. Boy, were we wrong. Um, still that one something of a wash. Uh, now, moving into the Eagles and the Lions, we're both going with the Eagles over the Lions. Um, I don't think there's there's any doubt in anybody's mind that the Eagles are going to come out of this one uh, with that victory. The Lions played so poorly against the um, against the Chargers. I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot more penalties going on in that game. Um, we're going with the Chiefs over the Ravens. Tyler had the same. Uh, Chiefs over the Ravens. I, I, You know, the, the Ravens still have a very good defense in spite of the fact that they lost a lot of starters. Okay? Um, we know that. But one thing I want to point out is that, uh, that Lamar is still playing at a very high level. And the Chiefs' defense isn't that good. A lot of people would take the, the uh, Ravens in this situation. But we're going with the Chiefs. Uh, over the Ravens. Um, next up, we got the Patriots and the Jets. Both of us have taken the Patriots. They don't have a, a sound quarterback. Uh, I, I just don't. I, I don't believe in, in what the Patriots are putting on the field right. Or I'm sorry, what the Jets are putting on the field right now. Patriots look like they're they're just chugging right along there. Um, they did lose Antonio Brown, but I don't think he's going to be a big loss. I'm going with the uh, Patriots over the Jets. Uh, next up, the Vikings and the Raiders. We're both going with the Vikings. The Raiders look good. They, they look, you know, I'm not going to say they look good, but they, they look like a very solid middle-of-the-road type of team. And uh, the Vikings last week, even though they got they, they got upset by the Packers, um, the Vikings looked like they could beat the Packers. That was the thing. It was a tight game. The Packers have looked very good early on in this season. Um so I, I'm going to say the Vikings right now. I think the Vikings uh, dominate the Raiders uh, moving into Week Three. Uh, next up, you got the Falcons and the Colts. I'm going with the Falcons. Tyler is going with the Falcons as well. Um, I just don't buy Jacoby Brissett. I just don't. I can't. I can't buy it. Um, Kobe Brissett is is you know he's, he's been decent, but he hasn't been great. And with all the injuries that they have currently, T.Y. Hilton questionable, Marlon Mack questionable, the Colts. They're going to have a very hard time uh, against the Falcons, even with the Falcons' bad defense. So uh, I'm going with the uh, the Falcons over the Colts. Next up, you got the Packers and the Broncos. The Broncos have played so poorly. I'm going with the Packers. Um, I, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that Joe Flacco is going to have a hard time. I don't think the Packers' defense is as good as what they're saying. Uh, they played an abysmal Vikings offense. They got run all over. Um, really, the the... The Broncos are going to have to rely on the arm of Joe Flacco, which Flacco is overrated. Tyler disagrees, but I think Flacco is overrated. I'm going with the Packers. So is Tyler. Um, it's just that's just how it's going to go. Um, next up, the Cowboys and the Dolphins. This one's a no-brainer. The Dolphins are playing like garbage. We're both going with the Cowboys on this one. Um, I, the, the Cowboys are right now kind of a team to beat. They're a top five team in the NFL. They're, they're playing well. Ezekiel Elliott's a monster. Dak Prescott's playing his heart out for a contract. I mean, you, you got to like what the Cowboys are doing. Um, I'm not a fan of Jerry Jones. I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. I, I hope that they, they wind up getting wiped out in the playoffs because they are going to make the playoffs. But um, really, I mean, the, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, they, I, they're just going to beat the snot out of the Miami Dolphins this week. That's what's going to go down. 
Um, next up, you got the Bills and the Bengals. Both Tyler and I going with the Bills. Um, Josh Allen, you know, we, we crapped on Josh Allen really hard last season. And, and I still am not completely sold on Josh Allen. But the fact that he started the season 2-0 and the Bills are sitting at 2-0 right now kind of tells me that Josh Allen is, is improving. And, and we've got to see Josh Allen making those improvements. I like what he's doing. Um, and and it, it's, it, it's got this different vibe to it over there in Buffalo. We could see a, a resurgence of the Buffalo Bills finally happen. So I, I'm excited for that. Um, so we got the Bills over the Bengals. Next up, you got the Giants and the Bucks. Um, both of us are going with the Giants. I think the Bucks are, are kind of overrated at this point. Um, they, they pulled out one against against the Carolina Panthers, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't I don't buy the Bucks. I don't. I think the Giants secondary is a little bit better than than Carolina's right now. Um, I'm going with the Giants on this one, and I think Daniel Jones comes out rocking. I think Daniel Jones has himself a game, and I think he winds up getting a win in his first uh, NFL start. Um, next up, you got the Cardinals and the Panthers. I'm going with the Cardinals, and uh, so is Tyler. We're both going with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray's going to get his first win. Panthers will be without Cam Newton. Um, I, I think that's that's kind of telling about, about what you're going to see here. The, the Panthers really don't have much in terms of backup quarterbacks. Uh, I think Kyler Murray pulls up a victory here uh, for the Cardinals and gets his first NFL career win. Uh, next up, you've got the Steelers and the Niners. I'm going with the Steelers in this one. Tyler's going with the Niners. I think Mason Rudolph is going to come out firing this week. He's going to be a lot better than he was last week. Mason Rudolph did not look bad. And if he's given a full four quarters of football, I think the Steelers could top the Niners. Now, the Niners' defense has been looking very, very good this year. But I think the Steelers are going to beat the Niners and, and wind up pulling up their first victory of the year. So I'm going with the Steelers. Tyler's going with the 49ers on this one. Next up, I got the uh, Seahawks in the Saints. I'm going with the Seahawks over the Saints. I think that uh, Drew Brees with the, the thumb injury is going to have a very difficult um, time watching that one. Teddy Bridgewater will officially be the starter for the Saints. It's not looking good. Russell Wilson just coming off the heels of that, that great game, number one in my forgetful five. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Seattle Seahawks on this one, and uh, so is Tyler. Uh, next up, we got the Texans and the Chargers. I got the Texans defeating the Chargers, as does Tyler. The Texans coming off the heels of a good game. They played well, um, and, and not as well as you would like, but they played well against a top-tier defense in the, the Jaguars. They played well against the Saints. I'm going with the uh, Texans over the Chargers here. The Chargers had a poor performance against the Detroit Lions. Um, it, it was kind of a war of who can make the least amount of mistakes because they were making mistakes all over the place. Texans over the Chargers on this one. Uh, next up, you have Sunday Night Football. you got the Rams and the Browns, and I think the Rams are going to dominate the Browns. The Browns, you know, they're starting to find a rhythm, but they haven't completely found their rhythm. And I think that's where both Tyler and I are going. Rams are going to beat the Browns. We're, we're calling that one. Um, you know, the, Jared Goff is, is, as of right now, he's playing up to his contract. you got to be impressed with what Jared Goff is pulling off here. Um, the Browns, they're, they're still trying to find a rhythm as a quote-unquote super team. Um, they're figuring it out. Odell Beckham had himself a very good game. But uh, the Rams still have a, a decent secondary, and it really depends also on how Aaron Donald plays, if he does play at all, because he is still listed as questionable. But even then, I think the Rams 
pull one over on the Browns on Sunday Night Football, and so does Tyler. And last but not least, we got the Bears and the Redskins. Um, that Bears defense is keeping the Bears alive right now. Mitchell Trubisky is not playing good football. He's been bad through two weeks. He's regressed hard. Um, on Monday Night Football, I'm still going with the Bears over the Redskins. Case Keenum hasn't performed like the franchise quarterback that they expect him to be. Uh, Khalil Mack is going to be all over him. I think the Bears wind up dominating the Redskins defensively. Um, they're going to do just enough to get through that game offensively. And you're going to see the Bears beat the Redskins on Monday Night Football. And that's who Tyler's going with as well. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is all of our Week 3 predictions. And as it stands right now, um, Tyler right now is 18-13-1, and, and I am 19-12-1. So just one game separating the two of us. Um, just uh, I'm, I'm maintaining my lead right now. Little by little, I'm maintaining my lead. We've got a couple of differences in this upcoming week, but right now I'm leading the current champion. I'm pretty proud of that. So um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys listening, uh, and and uh, even without the the tenacious the banter between myself and the tenacious Tyler Dean, um, I, I miss him a lot. You know, it's it's not as fun without that person to ping pong off of, but we're we're still getting it done. So uh, thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll see you uh, next week. But uh, real quick, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to our sponsor over there at It's Your Time Massage. Uh, check them out at IYTMassage.com. Amanda is a tremendous massage therapist, and uh, she is a wonderful human being. She'll make you feel better in a GIF. I get massages all the time, and it's amazing. So uh, check her out, IYTMassage.com, or you can check her out on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage. Uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at the Outside Blitz at gmail.com. <laughs>